Today on the Relationship Revival Show, I'm joined by Tony and Elisa DiLorenzo as co-hosts of the Top Marriage Podcast and Apple Podcast, The One Extraordinary Marriage Show. Tony and Elisa DiLorenzo speak to a worldwide audience about sex, love, and commitment and challenge every listener to make their relationship a priority. Their best-selling book, The Six Pillars of Intimacy, has transformed countless marriages around the world. This framework is simple, practical, and powerful. You'll be inspired to look at your marriage through a new lens and be encouraged by its common sense approach. You're listening to the Relationship Revival Podcast with John DeBach, also known as Mr. Spirituality. That's me. I'm your host giving you insights and guidance from over 10 years in the field of this amazing journey we call romance. On this show, I go over everything you need to know about how to get into a relationship, how to get the most out of a relationship, and sometimes even how to gracefully end a relationship without pulling your hair out and going crazy. And occasionally, I'm even joined by new and old friends who are also relationship experts to bring you guidance and wisdom with new perspectives. Thanks for stopping by. Tony and Elisa DeLorenzo, thank you so much for being on the podcast. How are you guys doing today? Doing fantastic. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I love talking to people who do very similar kind of things and approaches to myself. And I think there's a lot of kind of overlap with us in terms of how you guys look at fixing relationships and approaching kind of increasing intimacy in relationships. Yeah. Uh, and, and just hearing kind of like comparing notes, you know, and kind of hearing how you guys go about doing what you do. So first of all, how did, how did it come about? How you guys have been doing it about 13 years or so now, yeah. something like that. Yeah. So how'd you get started? How did, how did this kind of become part of your life? Well, there, well, if we go back 15 years, our marriage was in really a not great spot. Um, we, we had two young children at the time. They were two and five and we were doing the roommate thing really, really well. Um, <laughs> we could handle the logistics of lives, but yeah. the, the love, the excitement, what it meant to be married was just gone. And we were at a crossroads and it was really that crossroads that has changed our life. Yeah. And with the, with that crossroads, what we ended up doing is we took on a 60 day sex challenge and that was the start. This is at year 11 of our marriage. And we just knew at this point in time in our lives, we had to make some changes because we had three choices at this point, John, really. One was either hang out till the kids turned 18 and then get a divorce then. Two, get a divorce now and just like, let's go on our own separate ways. We'll deal with co-parenting in separate households or or, the, or just dealing with, you know, what happens when you divorce or see, like, let's get radical and so Elise and I chose that third one. Let's get radical. We uh, attempted and completed a 60 day sex challenge. We finished 40 out of 60 days. But through that, we mm -hmm. learned it's a lot more than just sexual intimacy. Mm -hmm. like, there's I think a you got to back up and explain what a 60 day sex challenge is so that everybody's kind of on the same page. So we had committed, Tony had proposed the idea um, that we would have sex every day for 60 days. Uh -huh. And which, and how many I, years into the marriage was this? We were at 11. We, 11, 11 was celebrated 12 during, during so the So for trial. a lot of marriages, that's more sex than the first 11 years. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. It was more sex than we were having. No, cumulatively, like, you know, that's that what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah it's yeah. Like crazy. Because there's this idea that, that sexual intimacy is supposed to fall off, right? That, right? that the longer you're married, the less sex you should be having. And, 
And we look at that and we actually kind of laugh about that now because, yes. you know, our audience, the one family has, as they've worked on all the, all the different intimacies have really boosted the sexual intimacy. So we know couples that are blowing that 60 day sex challenge out of the water. Um, mm-hmm. But it was this idea of what happens if we make our marriage a priority for 60 days yep. and the sex, the sexual intimacy, that was the catalyst, but it became about so much more than just committing to having sex every day. It was this shift in, you know, after over a decade of just kind of going through the motions and saying, yeah, we're married. Hey, we share a house and we've got kids and we're checking all of the, you know, milestone boxes. It came back to this place of saying, who are Tony and Elisa as a married couple? And what does it look like if marriage is the primary relationship, is the priority in the household? And so you did 40 of the 60 days. So what, what happened? Does that mean like you finish at 40 days and you stopped and you said, Hey, no. or of the 60, 40, of the, actually yeah, of, of the 60. 60, we had 40 days that we completed intercourse. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, and so for us, that was one of the definitions that mm-hmm. we set up. Um, we did have some stipulations. If Elisa was on her period, if one of us was traveling or one of us was sick, then those were no go days. Sure. And so out of the 60, we ended up completing 40 out of those 60 days. Because of yeah, those three obstacles. Yeah. 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 Challenges. 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 And right. um, after that, we were rocking and rolling. We did this in conjunction with us leading a small group study at our church. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were talking through the, the Song of Solomons with the folks, in, the couples in our group. And so it was really fun. And when we finished it, we finished it. We finished up that small group study and we were, on our way, Elisa and I were like, wow, there's something to this. Like, Good on us. <laughs> if we are intentional and we take action in our marriage, things are going to change. Like, There's going to be a shift that happens. Unbeknownst to us, one of those couples mentioned to the small group director that we had done this. And then they asked us to just speak at the next year's uh, marriage getaway. Mm-hmm. And it was at that getaway where more happened. Because we shared our story and people are like, that is radical. Like that's mm-hmm. amazing what you did. And then they, they were asking like, well, what's next? What's next? And Elise and I were like, no, we're good. I was running another business. She was home with the kids mm-hmm. doing some side businesses as well. And it was a little bit after that, when we started the podcast and the whole purpose of one extraordinary marriage show was just to get open, honest, and transparent mm-hmm. with couples because we hadn't seen that. We hadn't heard that in our years of marriage. And we just wanted to speak into married couples and let them see weekly what's going on in a marriage. And what did you find was like the most surprising thing that came up more often than you thought it would? In in what capacity? In When you talk about things every week, like what are the topics where you're like, wow, this just never gets old. Like it, we always end up talking about this after a bit. Uh, I, I think, you know, the fact that we have been able to talk about different aspects of sexual intimacy for 13 years now, um, <laughs> we, were just, we were just talking about it in our own marriage this morning. I'm like, do you realize like, like here we are, Tony's going to turn 50 this year. I'm going to turn 49. I mean, the fact that we can honestly say we're having the best sex of our lives, 26 going on 27 years, the fact that we've been able to develop emotional intimacy and really be able to have conversations. Like I'm floored at some of the topics that we talk about, even though I'm the one that like prepares all the episodes. Um, but just being in this place of saying there's marriage is so multifaceted that for us to talk about a new topic every week or a variation on a topic and bring new insights into it. I think it just speaks to how much 
we can learn as individuals about our marriage and that we should stay curious no Mm -hmm. matter how long we've been married. That's a great tip. Staying curious. Do you want to talk more about what that means and how you can actually practice staying curious? Yeah, because this is a concept I talk about with my coaching clients a lot. Yep. You know, I deal with a lot of couples, specifically kind of in that 15 to 30 years married. And right. so, you know, you're way past the dating stage. You're in the middle of all the kids. Your career is mm-hmm. going. And it can feel really like this relationship is really comfortable. I know you. We've been together for so long. I mean, Tony and I have been together. We are just in Boulder where we met. We've been together almost 30 years. That's a long time. Yeah. But the going on 50 version of Tony is not the same guy that I met when he was 21. Right. And so if I'm not actively asking questions, hey, what are your dreams? Yeah. What do you want to do? What what gets you excited now? What what worries you? Mm-hmm. Right. What are the things that you thought we were going to accomplish this year and we haven't, or you thought we were going to accomplish by now and we haven't? What are the dreams you have for our kids? What do you want to do with the business? What, you know, if your spouse is employed, like, what do you want to do in your job? Are you happy? Mm-hmm. What would, what lights you up? I mean, these types of questions that just, and then sit back and be quiet. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't do what I just did and ask you know, 10 questions. But be <laughs> saying, I just want to know who you are. Yeah. Because the one thing I found in coaching is that most people just want to be seen and heard. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree. As I, When I have therapy clients sitting on the couch, I mean, I think it's an, a way that this comes up. And, and tell me if you guys feel, this, feel the same when you're doing with your coaching clients is when they say like, well, we already know everything about each other or the conversation's gotten boring or like, I'm sorry, but like, I don't want to hear the gossip that she has of like her work friends. Like I just tune out. That's kind of when you're like, mm, time to kind of revisit who you actually are. And I have lists of open-ended questions that I'm sure you guys do too, that you hand off. Cause I, I do find it's, I think, I don't know how often you suggest to go through it, but kind of my cadence is like, you should be asking all these questions on the list at least once a year. Like it's like, there's, if it's, if there's 30 questions, like there should be two or three that come up on a date night and like those should, it should last you a yeah. year. Well, and that's why I love, you know, a lot of times I'll refer couples even to, you know, tools like conversation cards because I'm like, just shove it in your pocket. You know, he can put some in his wallet. Ladies, you likely have a bag or, you know, everybody's got the the attachments now into their phone. So you just, for the credit card, I'm like, stick a couple cards in there. And when you're out, ask a question, ask a question. We keep decks in our car. There's Mm -hmm. decks in our glove box. So if we're on a drive, it's like, Hey, just pull something out. Because it can be really hard. One of the challenges to curiosity is that over time, you can just be like, what do I ask? And so having the open-ended questions or other prompts really becomes a valuable resource for couples. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great tip to just have a couple always at your disposal. <laughs> when you, you talk about building emotional intimacy and physical intimacy, which one do you feel if you had to start with one is the better way to kind of jump things off for a couple? So in the most recent book we wrote, The Six Pillars of Intimacy, I just I describe emotional intimacy as the workhorse mm-hmm. because the ability to, through verbal and nonverbal communication, express what it is that you want, what your desires are, and all of those various nuances is what drives being able to talk about your physical intimacy, the non-sexual touch, be able to talk about finances and, you know, spirituality and sexual intimacy and, and what do they leave out? Spiritual. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, being able to do that. But if you can't have a conversation, chances are good. You're not going to be talking about anything in your marriage. Yeah. And that's where the One Extraordinary Marriage Show has come in. And we have found for so many 
couples who are listening and those in the one family, it's a jumping off point mm-hmm. because we are bringing up topics in different ways. I mean, everything from, you know, talking about infidelity or affairs for some folks to oral sex on the other side to budgeting to living trusts and wills. I mean, we talk about it all praying together and the podcast has become that place where folks and couples have been able to strengthen their emotional intimacy because they hear Elisa and Tony having a conversation and yes, we have our episode notes and we know what's going on. And yet there are things that Elisa and I learn, I would say on a weekly basis about one another because it just comes up and, and our memories get jogged and it's sort of like, Oh, I didn't realize that that was important to you. Mm. Oh, okay. Let me, let me, you know, store this away. Let's discuss this a little bit here on the podcast. And I, I really truly believe many of our couples who are listening have that opportunity to, as a launching pad by listening to those episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with you. You guys are so open. Like it's just complete open books about so much that it's, it's kind of cathartic just to listen to it sometimes. Uh, <laughs> speaking of, of, of which, did you find that there was this hurdle of, you know, shyness or bashfulness that you guys had to get over when you were starting? Well, or were I you always like this. I, yeah. I think I, it took us what 10 takes <laughs> to get the first episode out. I, I do wish we had a video on us when we were doing the first episode, uh, because the first episode is called 60 days of sex. And yes. so that just kind of laid out that journey immediately. Yes. Um, but in between episodes three and four, we got a, I got a Facebook message from a gal that I'd gone to high school with. And she was very much like, well, who are you? Like, why should we listen to you? You know, I knew you when you were 15, what are you talking about marriage now for? And we made a commitment in episode four that we would always be open, honest, and transparent with the one family. And yes, have we had really uncomfortable conversations? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Have we had fights on the air? Yes. Mm -hmm. Have we talked about things that most people won't? Yeah. Yeah. And and the reason that we've done that and, you know, because it builds our marriage. Mm-hmm. And we know that if we can impact one marriage, I mean, that's where the name comes from. It's one extraordinary marriage. If our mission is to impact one marriage. So if by us having a conversation and getting over ourselves, if that unlocks one other couple, then we've done exactly mm-hmm. what we set out to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a beautiful message to if just saving one marriage. I think you're right. I, I think Dr. Harville Hendricks always kind of, talked about merit, you know, couples work is saving the world one couple at a time. Yeah. And, and it's it. a, it's a beautiful idea. Cause it's, it's true. I mean, I, I've, I've owned other businesses, but nothing feels quite as satisfying as when you see two people who come in fighting one time and then, you know, a few weeks later, just, they're like, Oh, things are, and they have that reigniting spark in their eyes. And it's like, Oh, that's going to affect their kids. It's going to affect their business. It's going to affect every, it's going to affect the person they buy groceries from at the store and they'll give them a little bit of an extra smile. And it really does. It kind of just has this crazy ripple effect. Talk to me about the book, the six pillars of intimacy. Where did it come from? How did you guys decide to write a book? Congrats on it being such a amazing smash success as a bestseller, by the way. Thank Thank you. you. Yeah. The, this is our sixth book. Um, And so we talked about some of these concepts in our first book, which was written 12 years ago. And we came up to a point where we were talking a lot about sexual intimacy and we'd be, we'd get asked to talk about it. And it was in August of 2020 that we were asked to speak at our church's marriage one day event. 
And I remember looking at Elisa and just going like, we've talked about sex before to this group. Like we've done it a number of times. There's much more. And, and at that point in time, that's when Elisa and I just sat down and said, you know what? There is more. There's much more to marriage than just sexual intimacy. And so um, we spoke that at that event and that's where the six pillars of intimacy came from. We didn't call it that at the event. It's what was shown on a slide that people began to see. And we had these six pillars and we just had a, a triangle as a, a, you know, as a rooftop and it sparked. And right after that conversation that we had on stage with our, with all of our folks there from church, they just were like, oh, my gosh, I need to strengthen my spiritual intimacy. Oh, my gosh, you, you opened up some things for me that I need to look at or we need to look at in our financial intimacy. And we're like, oh, those they kept saying these pillars, these pillars. And that's where the six pillars of intimacy came from. And we just dove in from there, started talking a lot about it on the podcast. And then in November 21 mm-hmm. is when we released the book. And, yes, it's been fantastic. Yeah, because it was really, you know, intimacy and sex have been so closely yes. um, intertwined. In, in, Linguistically, at least. Yeah. Yes, yes. Thank you. Yeah. What is the word that I'm looking for? <laughs> and so to really expand that for married couples and to say, you know, I, I, I mean, I mentioned the book, like you can't be having sex 24 hours a day. Right. So how can you develop that closeness and connection, that intimacy in all of these other areas of your marriage so that, yes, you have great sexual intimacy, but you feel strong in every area or you have the vocabulary to address the areas where you feel weak, where you have cracks. Yes. And I think that's been just as we've seen over the last, I mean, I guess it's a year and a half now that this book's been out, people being able to identify what's happening in their marriage and then because they have the language are then empowered to go and take action on it. Yeah. Do you find that, that one of the pillars comes up more than the others in terms of strength or when you're talking to people, like we need help with this pillar. I, I, I know just because I ask for which pillar uh, on my coaching application, I ask for which pillars people want to work on first. And I will say the emotional intimacy, um, emotional intimacy and sexual intimacy. So the two that anchor um, are probably the two that come up most common. Yeah. When you're dealing with men and women, do you, is there a, is there a pattern of what you see in terms of what men let's, let's tackle them one at a time. Like in terms of men with sexual intimacy, what the kind of main complaint or hurdle is that you see versus women? Uh, I think for a lot of men, um, what I hear very often is that, um, there's a lack of sexual intimacy in the marriage and they don't know how to, they don't know where that's gone awry or how to get that back. Can, uh, can we expand on that though? Because when it comes to sexual intimacy, we expand on that, John. It's yeah. not just sexual intercourse. It's yeah. everything from initiating to foreplay to sexual intercourse. Yeah. And I think that's one of the big things we wanted to bring to the table is that your sexual intimacy isn't only having sex. Yeah. It's how are you initiating? How are you romancing? How are you, what does foreplay even look like for the two of you? Because we know many in the one family where sexual intercourse is actually, it hurts. They, there's medical issues going on. Mm-hmm. And so helping them to say, okay, can we still initiate and have foreplay? Can we still be sexually intimate without intercourse has helped, I think, a lot of folks. 
But most people don't have that expanded yeah. definition right. unless they've read right. the book or have listened to the podcast. Most, you know, a lot of people will come right. and say, hey, we're not having sex. Yeah. I'm in a sexless marriage or, you know, it's, it's infrequent. And so that's where a lot of men come from. And yeah. even I literally was just working with a couple this week and they they've been sexless for the last 10 years and due to menopause, other health issues, whatnot. And she's just now be through the work that we're doing, getting this vision of, Oh, we can be sexually intimate because if I can expand my definition, there are other things that I can do to be sexually intimate with my husband. While it might not be intercourse, which is painful, but it will meet the needs on both sides. Sure. So getting into this place of saying, what does closeness and connection look like in any one of these areas? And the husband's just sitting there. It was in the session. I could just see him. He's like, did she just say what I think she said? Like, like there is light at the end of the tunnel. And he's yeah. just like, I'm almost afraid to move right now. But it was, it was well, so what is, what is, what is it that men are missing when they hear their, cause I think, look, I think it was, it was somewhat of an obvious answer, but I wanted to confirm because I don't work as much on the sexual side as mm-hmm. other therapists or couples counselors. So it's, it's kind of interesting for me to talk about it. It's not one of my big specialties. So, but the assumption is that men want more. Generally speaking, there's always exceptions. There's always a higher drive possibility mm-hmm. of it being flipped. But in those instances, what are they missing out on? And, and in terms of how to talk about it to their spouse and what is, what is missing for the wife? in that situation where she doesn't want to engage? Well, a lot of times there has been a breakdown in the emotional intimacy. Mm-hmm. There are hurts, there yeah. are resentments, um, there have been wounds that have happened in the marriage and that could, you know, wounds kind of like capital W just kind of encompasses everything where they haven't worked through their stuff. And for a lot of women to be sexually intimate, she's got to feel emotionally close. Right. And so if she's not, and he's just like, hey, baby, let's have sex. And she's like, you know what? I don't like you right now. She may be a warm body in the bed, but she's not a willing participant. Mm-hmm. And so f- working with a lot of the couples that I, you know, a lot of the work that I do is getting couples to understand, hey, what do we still need to work through? What are those hurts? Mm-hmm. What do we need to let go? Where does forgiveness need to come into this? What do we need to heal from so that we can get to a place where our emotional intimacy feels really strong and we both desire sexual intimacy, that it, it's no longer weaponized. You right. know, like, I'm not giving you sex because I don't like you type of thing, but I want sex, so I'm not gonna, but I'm not going to talk to you until we have sex. And so we get everybody off of that chicken and egg. Yeah, yeah. It shouldn't be used as bait or punishment. I agree. <laughs> Uh, you talk about healing these wounds. Do you have a structured kind of approach or does it come along with just increasing emotional intimacy to kind of heal those wounds in a relationship? It really depends on, you know, sometimes the healing and I'm not a trauma specialist. So if I recognize that somebody is talking about, you know, sexual abuse or past trauma or anything, I will actually refer people to find a trauma specialist um, because I recognize that I'm not going to overstep. Yeah, what I can do. Um, but coming. But I think that's that, probably a minority of couples where it's like trauma with a big T. Uh, correct. Yeah. Correct. But I, I like to make that clear. Um, you know, as as the emotional intimacy builds, as couples start to identify both what their what both of their roles are, because the reality is is that every dynamic in a marriage, whether it's sexlessness, whether it's lack of communication, is a result of both his and her actions. And so, identifying when did that go awry. Mm-hmm. What do I, what do I need to forgive myself for? What do I need to forgive others for? What are the scripts? Um, I spend a lot of time working with my clients on the scripts or the narratives that they have rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed to the point that it's true. Uh-huh. 
And while it might have been true a minute ago, or, you know, for a minute 20 years ago, let's get the new narrative and right. then work through bringing in different accountability exercises and whatnot to, to really strengthen them across all the pillars. That's yeah, that's a great approach. I love the idea of scripting and writing your narrative. There's a there's a lot of talk of that in the psychological circles. And there's even like new programs where you learn how to write your narrative on an individual level because it is so impactful for people even and and you know the kind of the fun part for me i've always loved writing but oftentimes you find people who who are resistant because they don't like the idea of writing and then when they start writing they're like oh this is actually pretty cathartic and then they start journaling and it becomes a a great tool a great asset in their kind of arsenal on how to kind of move through life yeah for sure what's your first if you had a question to kind of ask someone to kind of get a pulse read on how their relationship is. Do you have like a standard go-to, this is the first thing I ask? Oh, that's a great question. And it's interesting because we've been podcasting for so long, um, usually we're just on the receiving end of information. Yeah. So I, I, I do have an application when I start working with someone. So I walk into every coaching session knowing that I'm trying to think the last time that we had to ask someone well, on your application, is there a part of it where you go straight to like, I want to know the answer to this first, because that's what that's where like, oh, yeah. oh yeah, great. Oh, yeah. Um, what's the situation that prompted you to reach out for coaching? Yeah. Yeah. The voluntary kind of this is this is what's going on. And yeah, that's the way we usually start, too. It's like, yeah. what are your goals? Why are you here? Why yeah, are you that's here? Thing, for sure. And why now? Because, I mean, I'm sure, you know, um, and you probably see it with your clients, you know, couples will wait years. Yeah often to to get to that almost breaking point. And so, you know, typically I will ask people, I'm like, why am I here now? Yeah. That's why some of my favorite couples are the premarital ones where it's like, it's pretty good, but we want it better. And I'm like, this is a cakewalk. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I get to give you the good advice before the chaos, you know? So yeah. <laughs> we, we should have more of those because it's, yeah. it's all, you see the impact that it has for the next three or four decades too, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> Well, where could someone, I assume on your website is probably the best place for them to get the six pillars of intimacy, the book and, and other resources or reach out with you for, for coaching one extraordinary marriage.com. Is that right? That is it. That is it, John. Yeah. Everything they need is right there for them to, to check out, learn more about us. Yeah. And, and they can find your podcast there. Do you want to kind of give any other resources on how people can reach out and find you and kind of become part of the one family? Wow. Um, no, really. <laughs> I think you've made, you've I think, made it centralized, so it's easy. So everything is yeah, easy. I mean, yeah. if you're listening to if you're listening to this podcast on whatever your favorite podcast app is, you know, search one extraordinary marriage show. Mm-hmm. There you go. That, that you you'll find us quickly and easily. Yeah. Well, I, I just wanted to have you guys on because you are kind of a, a unique animal. You're a married couple that's open. That's been podcasting for a while. That's consistent. Yeah. That's, you know, very like no holds bar. This is where it's at. And it's kind of a breath of fresh air. So it's, you know, like when I feel like I want to be kind of a polite voyeur, it's definitely a show. I I know I can turn on and go, okay, let's see what's going on with other people. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go go see what's happening with Tony and Elisa. No, thank you so much, John. We're truly honored and blessed by hearing that. It's it's what we're what we're all about being open honest and transparent and changing marriages if you're interested in learning how to get the absolute most out of your romantic relationships then you're in luck because i have put together a free workshop or masterclass, if you will about three secrets 
that people in happy relationships have discovered. You can view the workshop at mrspirituality.com slash three secrets. Again, it's completely free. Just go there and watch it. It'll help you on your journey, give you some wisdom, some things to think about. The website again is mrspirituality.com slash three secrets. That's mrspirituality.com slash the number three, the word secrets. It's all yours. Enjoy. Enjoy.